Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series from the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development. Your hosts today are Reno, Callan, Matt, and myself, Michael. Okay, guys, so today we're talking about how we handle change. Looking at my own life, there are many times where I've been thinking I'm on one path, and then all of a sudden, I've been jolted onto another completely different path, either by choice or by chance. And as someone who is a recovering control freak perfectionist, this is something that I've had a very hard time with personally. So I'm actually really excited to hear what you guys have to say about this. So why don't we kick things off with Reno? Thanks, Michael. And um, admittedly, as much as I and you know appreciate spontaneity in my life, um, I acknowledge that change can be difficult for me and I like control as well. So you're certainly not alone in that. Um, and, and on the topic of change, um, I have a, an important uh, announcement to make. So the last two months and, and mm, I guess two, almost three months at this point, but also this past year have been, really um, transformative for me. There's been a lot of movement. There's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of newness. There's been a lot of transformation. There's been a lot of conflict um, and, and confrontation. And, um, you know, it's been <laughs> the words I've been using a lot in this new, in this new space that I'm in, this new home that I, I've moved into recently are juicy and edgy. Those are like um, in the house, there's like a, a running joke that, you know, I use those two words at least like three times a day, if not more. And life really has been as such for the last, um, you know, the last year, I would say. And of course, a big part of that has been um, my journey with the three of you and the Gay Men's Brotherhood. And um, what a journey it's been, you know, um, I will, this may be a bit redundant, but um, just to, just to share, like, I certainly didn't expect that in this really beautifully synchronistic way. And of course, that is my life. Um, I would, you know, encounter Matt on Instagram, and, um, and then sort of follow that aliveness and that, that energy and, and, um, and then discover that, you know, he was one of um, three beautiful humans leading the Gay Men's Brotherhood. And, you know, and then find myself coincidentally invited to be on a podcast episode as a guest and, and inevitably, you know, um, one of four leaders of the Gay Men's Brotherhood. And uh, I certainly didn't see it coming. And, you know, in full transparency, um, there were moments where I allowed myself to um, to be invited in, kind of kicking and screaming in a way, you know, because uh, the the reality of my experience and and the way that I'm made up and the work that I'm doing is that uh, I sometimes have difficulty. It's like there's a soul longing to to be part of and. Um, community is something that I deeply value and has always been a significant part of my life and increasingly so and also there's a part of myself that um, resists the things that um, my soul longs for 
you know, this relationship to home that I've had and running from home, running from stability, running from um, uh, normalcy in some ways. And uh, so there's certainly been a learning curve and a growth curve in my um, being a part of this blossoming project, you know, that is the Gay Men's Brotherhood and this blossoming community. And, you know, behind the scenes, um, the four of us have had opportunities to really get to know each other and to also grapple with one another. And I say one another, but what I also mean by that is like um, these things that we humans grapple with um, are our identities and the way that they um, intermingle and the way that they uh, um, are conflicted as well in some ways and, and create barriers to connection. And, um, and so, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that, yeah, you know, behind the scenes as this thing has been growing and evolving, we've all kind of had our, our stuff come up, you know, um, with ourselves, with one another, and it's been transformative and it's been difficult at times, but also extremely valuable. And, um, and uh, I've cultivated a lot of wisdom from um, the experiences I've had here with, with all of you. And what I started to notice and it became um, if this is a word, unignorable, was this um, this sense that my time here uh, with the Gay Men's Brotherhood, as as um, as a one of the four leaders of the the Brotherhood, was perhaps um, coming to an end, and it felt really edgy to acknowledge that and to speak that out loud, really difficult. And so, um, as you guys know, there were um, a couple of meetings, maybe even a few, and this ongoing conversation around whether I would stay or whether I would go. And um, at one point, it looked like I was going to be sticking around. And it wasn't but days later, uh, I think, that I realized that I was being called in a different direction. And what makes this really edgy in a way is that intellectually and on paper, I can certainly, and and also even in my heart, I can certainly justify and rationalize um, with good reason, with great reason, um, why I should stay and continue to do this work with all of you. And so that makes it really difficult because it's like, yeah, I could write down a laundry list of reasons to continue with you all, and they'd be amazing. Um, and at the same time, I have always moved with the energy of my soul, and um, oftentimes with uncertainty, like, I don't know what's going to happen when I take this next step or say this next thing or do this next thing. I have no idea. But it's never been about that. And my faith in life and my relationship to life force and to source and to soul and to spirit have been greatly enhanced as a result of my willingness to trust that um, that pull, that call. And so this, this is no exception. And it became very clear to me, as I said, that it was time for me to, um, to transition. 
And so I've had that conversation with the three of you, both collectively and individually. And, um, and, and we talked about this being, um, you know, my, my last episode in, in this particular role, maybe not the last time you guys hear or see from, you know, hear from me or see me for sure. Um, I'll certainly be around the community engaging and I, I feel really excited about that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm open and curious and intrigued about like what's next for me. Um, I'm already getting like a taste and a smell and a sight of it. And um, it certainly has to do with community as it, as it always has. And, and also homecoming, you know, um, there's been this big piece around me realizing aspects of myself that have been um, repressed my my sensuality my sexuality my um, my appreciation for the exploration of the taboo um, my love of leadership and community leadership um, you know I I I recently I was sitting at the table with um, my friends on Valentine's Day and I was saying this before we started recording that um, you know, I spit up Valentine's Day all over the house yesterday, right? Um, yeah, heart-shaped pancakes, chocolate dipped strawberries for breakfast, like, you know, the the sexy music, the red tablecloth, the balloons, the like heart-shaped ornament in the window. Um, yeah, really had a lot of fun with it, wrote some personalized cards. And as I was speaking to them, I said to them, um, you know, in the radical fairy community, um, the fairies have... Uh, they have fairy names and I hadn't had a fairy name yet. And mine came to me um, the night before, and really it's been a progressive thing, but it came to me um, the night before Valentine's day, as I was preparing for the following morning and it was Eros and that word Eros and eroticism has come up quite a bit in my life as of recently. And it's an energy that I aspire to embrace. So um, yeah, it's just really exciting to see how this like, aspect of myself is coming into fruition and all these pieces that I feel like I closeted for quite some time and and I feel myself like reintroducing you know that that like that energy of Eros is very alive in me and I'm excited to bring that into the world among other things so it's a beautiful transition and um it's also um I feel sad you know um I I, I just wanted to be clear like I, I love each of you three um, for different reasons. And each of you has taught me um, so much, you know. Um, Matt, you have, have really modeled um, this beautiful leadership and, um, and a relationship to self and um, to ritual and to practice and to spirit that is that is really inspiring to me and the way that you um pursue personal growth and development with a sort of um i don't even know how to say it but it's just it's a boldness really it's a boldness and um and it's a devotion. And I, I really respect and admire that about you. And um, one of the things that I'm excited about um, is, 
for you as, as life continues is to also witness you embracing um, your like playful um, and like fun side. Cause I love engaging in that way with you. It's, it's delicious. And <laughs> I, I feel honored to have like had fun with you. And even when you smile, like, it's just lovely. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So mm. I, I appreciate that about you and um, Callan. Um, yeah. What I, what I've learned about you and what I appreciate about you is um, first of all, like girl, you're sassy. And, and I love that. Like, I, I just, I love, I love your <laughs> sass. I love, um, I love your, uh, your appreciation and just your natural inclination for structure and form and order and, and, and even like boundary, you know, um, these are things that you excel at and you're a fantastic teacher too. Like I, when you are teaching, um, I just see you light up. I get that you love to teach and, and that's something I love about you. Um, and, and also I can totally see you and I just listening to like club bangers together and having like all the fun, um, you know, and just like cruising the neighborhood, you know? So yeah, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you so much. And also I just want to say like those, those aspects of, um, um, of, of you two have also challenged me in ways and invited me to grow and reflect on where I'm in resistance to those qualities and how I can integrate them into my own life. So thank you guys for being um, a reflection as well. I really appreciate it. And, and Michael, um, you know, the first word that comes to mind when I think of you is just like, you're like this tender, beautiful, powerful, um, juicy man soul yeah um, yeah I, I'm just thinking of words like yeah it's like sexiness and like play um, there's a way in which you hold space and you hold people that um, to me is remarkable and admirable and um something worth paying attention to and 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 modeling you know you've taught me so much i i love the way that you take in information and the way that you reflect it back i love your playfulness i love that um that um you're like this beautiful flower with these like layers and if if you spend enough time uh, connecting with you like you really there's there's depth there and like and like juice you know so yeah appreciating you yeah 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 mm -hmm. so yeah um hmm like it's not goodbye it's um it's it's just like shift happens you know um, it's it's changed, but it's not goodbye. I'm still around. And and the last thing I want to say, as I've gone on this like lengthy sort of tangent, um, is I really want to thank the community, the Gay Men's Brotherhood, because I've had like phone calls and video calls behind the scenes with some of the members. Like some of them are my good friends now, and some of them are like relationships that are. Um, 
just budding as we speak. And I'm really looking forward to continuing that. But, you know, I've just had so much fun getting to know everyone in the community. You guys are all so beautiful. And the Gay Men's Brotherhood is so ripe with potential. And I'm really, really excited to see how it unfolds. And I have learned something from um, each and every person who I've connected with or come into contact with. And um, what I want to emphasize as I'm sharing all of this is like the gay men's brotherhood isn't, isn't about Matt or Callan or Michael or Reno it, or, or any one particular person or group of people. It's about, it's about all of us. And, um, you know, one of the things I've had to learn over time is to move through this life in this world as if it is my own and I am part of it, you know? Um, and so I guess my invitation would be that everyone who's involved in this community, treat it, treat it as um, your home in your own space, um, because that's how you're going to get the most out of it. Like this isn't ours and we're, we're giving it to you or letting you be a part of it. It's like, it's yours too, it's all of ours. And if you navigate it in that way with the respect and appreciation for it um, and you hold it sacred and you bring your love to it and everyone collectively does that and you bring your uniqueness to it and everyone collectively does that, um, it can't help but thrive and you can't help but thrive. And so if there's any question in your mind or your heart that you don't have anything to offer this space and you're here because you're broken and you need to be fixed. I call bullshit. Um, you, you know, you are perfect and like bring your magic and your mess to the table, bring it all. It's welcomed. Um, and, and, you know, you will be rewarded for that through your experience of the space. So yeah, I appreciate all of you. And, um, and uh I will drop the mic now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what's there to say? A shift really does happen. And I mean, it was, it was a bit of like a, what? When it first all started happening. But of course, we all want to just support you on your journey. And if that looks like you, you know, taking an adventure and going over this way and not part of this for right now and what this has looked like up until this point, then like, you know, the, all the power to you. I, I, I'm excited to watch you on your journey and to be part of that. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's exciting to see. Of course, there is that like sad part of like, oh, because like I do love the dynamic that you bring and I, I value you as a person, as an individual and as a soul and as an energy, like what you bring to the space and like how you speak. And like, I know that there's people who resonate with you and I'm grateful for having, having you been a part of this has just been so magical that I'm just grateful for the time that we have shared in that regard. And like the conversations we've had, the one-on-ones that we've had and, and all the, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a little bittersweet that this is the last episode, but it's also super exciting because I'm really excited to see where you go from here and like what amazing adventures you're going to go on because it's like it's like you said this is not goodbye I don't believe in goodbyes I believe in like I'll see you later or I'll catch you around you know catch you around like the neighborhood and whatnot so yeah I love you I love you too Colin thank you hmm.
people listening to the podcast right now are going to be like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> We're eye gazing each other. We're just staring yeah. into each mm. other's eyes. It's very beautiful. There's, yeah. val- there's value in silence, people. There's value in silence. We were exchanging energies. <clears throat> well, maybe I will go. Um, <clears throat> God, I have a lot I want to say, actually. Um, I'll start with, with you, Reno, because I think that's what's alive for me right now. Um, I appreciate everything you just shared. I think it was, um, I was navigating your process, your energetic process as you were sharing and it felt very aligned. It felt very real. It felt very true. Um, and I just want to say, I honor and respect your decision. I honor and respect you. Um, I think it's important to follow what is going to make you happy and what's going to bring you joy. And I think this is part of what I feel is like part of your surrender experiment to let go of things that you're not feeling 100% aligned to. You might even be like 80% aligned, but you're like, I want a hundred. Right. And to not settle for less than that and just follow that path. And you'll, you'll be called to exactly what you need to be called to. I don't have any doubt um, that that won't come for you. Um, And like Hal and I also have uh, a lot of curiosity in me of, as to what that's going to bring you and to watch you move through this, this journey and see what, uh, what comes alive in your world and how you share that with, with your community. So, um, and yeah, you're definitely going to be missed here. Um, yeah, there's, you brought a lot of value and you bring a lot of value to the community and, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to fill those shoes, to be honest. Um, I think, the three of us are going to have to step up in order to, to meet those, those needs. And um, yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, feel, I feel mixed as well. There's a sadness in me. There's also a trusting and knowing that the universe is doing exactly what it needs to do in order for us to be successful as a community and in, in moving forward. Um, I did want to share a little bit about my process because it's there's so much alive for me right now like like reno like reno and i are walking this path together um we're we've both been really up there's been a lot of upheaval and a lot of um a lot of stuff happening um in our in our worlds and i want to speak to my world and what's been going on in my world because i know that um I've had people reach out (laughs) in the last while and asking me if everything's okay, what's going on. You seem depressed. Are you going through a depression? And like, there's a part of me that like, is just like, yeah, I'm going through my shit. But then there's a part of me that I'm like, I kind of would like to share a little bit about what I've been going through because I think it's, you know, we are brothers in this community and I think it's important to share. So, um, I'm going to rewind a little bit and go back to when I was living in Asia because I had an, uh, an experience in Asia where there, it was, it was like a, a, a kind of like a Kundalini awakening experience. I had this experience where there was a lot of shame that left my body. Um, I did a, a three week shadow work journey, had this experience and, um, I came back to Canada with all this hope and all this like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And I landed and got the brotherhood going. And then all of a sudden it was like the bliss just left. And I was inundated with criticism and um, 
with heaviness. And that was for four months in Calgary. And it wasn't, I thought it was bad, but looking back, it was like, that was just the, the, the taste of what was to come. And um, so I was being called, even when I was in, in, um, in Vietnam, I was being called to, to go back to, or to Vancouver. I lived in Vancouver five years prior and I had a horrible experience here. I was in a really, really terrible relationship with myself. Uh, it turns out I thought it was with this guy, but it was actually a terrible relationship with myself. And uh, so I ended up abandoning ship, moving back to Calgary. And then that kind of is why I think my spirit guides were bringing me back to Vancouver because there was unfinished business here. And my guides are really interesting. They trick me into thinking it's going to be, oh, go to Vancouver. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have so much bliss. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm like, sweet, I'm going to Vancouver. And uh, I arrive here and I got that taste for a month. I was like, oh my God, this is the best decision ever. I'm so happy I did this. And um, I had a, another Kundalini awakening experience um, when I was, when I was, when I got here and actually it happened during a sexual experience. And um it was my first sexual experience with this guy. And um, basically what happened was I started to experience a ton of heat at the base of my spine. And I thought my penis was burning. Like I, it was the, the strangest thing. And all of a sudden, all this energy started moving, stirring around in my pelvis. And then it just started lifting and rising up my, along my spine. And then it came out my, my, my mouth. And I started coughing. I started making all these sounds. And then I just started crying, like heavy crying for about 30 minutes. And this guy literally just held me while I had this experience. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because I now have insight as to what that was. I did not know what that was. And I've been working with um, different people and, and coaches and spiritual leaders and like kind of getting a sense of what a spiritual awakening look like, looks like in the stages that you go through during a spiritual awakening. And it turns out that that was actually the first stage of a deep awakening. And I've had, I've had awakenings. This is my third Kundalini awakening experience, but the first two were, were a lot lighter. They didn't have aftermath. And this one was a really big one. It came all the way up my spine and it, and it, um, so anyways, it pushed a lot of stuff forward. And so the first stage of, of a, of a spiritual awakening is the awakening part where you actually have a, 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 some sort of energy moving in your body and it starts to it starts to calibrate you in a way that it, it allows you to start to access some of the, the stuff inside you that needs to be healed. And then followed up by that stage is the bliss stage. So that can last a month, two months tops. And that was the month that I had. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, I'm healed. I'm enlightened. This is so amazing. And like, it was just perfect. I was like, this is amazing. I felt aligned to beings. I was like seeing animals and they were like coming to me and it was just this amazingness. And then December 2nd, okay, I'll never forget it. I had started to have all this stuff just happening. Like the bliss was completely gone. Darkness completely took over my experience. I was having horrible nightmares. I was having um, a lot of criticism coming at me from different places. I was having a lot of conflict with people. And 
looking back, all, all of this conflict was showing up in flavors of my own inner conflict. <laughs> so these people were mirrors to my own inner conflict. And um, they were showing me the parts of me that I was had been in conflict with since I was a little boy. And um, so this was December 2nd, okay, I went on this path for almost two and a half months of intense suffering. I, I didn't even really know what suffering was. I've been through a crack addiction. I've been through hiding my sexuality. I've been through my parents' divorce. And like, none of those even touch what I've gone through in the last two months. It's been really fucking painful. And, uh, you know, coupled with that, I've been going through insomnia because it's been, I've been up at night worrying. My mind hasn't been shutting off. So I've been in this really dark spot. And the third stage of the spiritual awakening process is the dark night of the soul or the dark night of the ego is really what it is. Cause I don't think your soul goes through a dark night. I think your ego goes through a dark night and it starts to die off. And this stage can last anywhere from months to years, really for some people, it depends on how much resistance you have in your body to letting go and surrendering. And, um, so basically, um, I had a really cool experience on Saturday and this was, it's pr pretty much life-changing for me. I, um, I started my day with uh, having a talk with my sister and all of this stuff that's coming up for me, all of this, this inner conf conflict is around my family of origin, right? Mom, dad, sister, there's a lot of stuff there for me. That's, that's, that's been unhealed. And I believe that my heart closed when I was a little boy and I'm now just now starting to learn how to open my heart and, and connect with my innocence and connect with my playfulness again. And um, so I started the morning with a conversation with my sister and we cried together. <laughs> we talked about our traumas, our childhood traumas. We talked about the things we went through as kids and we cried together and it was the most beautiful thing. And I was able to tell my sister that she was a guardian angel for me. <laughs> she was my older sister and she was there for me from you know, the get-go, I, I was so scared as a little boy that I stopped hanging out with my friends because I didn't feel safe with them. And I, I just hung out with my sister because I needed safety and I didn't feel safe in my family. And so my sister was my safe person. And we just, it was so beautiful. I felt like my heart opened to her for the first time in, in such a long time. And so anyways, that was, that was the start of my day. And then I went to um, hang out with a buddy of mine and we went and did some co a cold plunge and um, it was freezing fucking cold and it did something to my body. Like my cells were like primed and I was ready to start to release. And um, so anyways, that happened. I came home, I made some soup and I was just chilling and I had been setting an intention all week. I had, uh, I, I was going to do a mushroom ceremony and I hadn't, I've never done mushrooms uh, alone before. And I was being called to do mushrooms by myself and just really go into the darkness. And, um, so anyways, at five 55, I drank my mushroom tea and it, within 30 minutes, shit happened, man. Like some dark ass shit came through. Like it was like two hours of purge, 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 existential loneliness, dark, dark shame. Like everything just came through me. And I was having to sit with all this darkness and my body was, was literally twitching compulsively for almost two hours to the point where I was so exhausted after. And all this stuff all this stuff that I had been holding on to was just leaving. It was leaving my body. And um, 
I would have these experiences where I would think about like the, my darkest fears. And then all of a sudden I would twitch, I would move all of this energy would leave. And then it would be replaced with, with what I actually am wanting in this life, right? Why I've been, or what I've been blocking. My heart's been shut off because I've been afraid of being hurt. You know what I mean? And it's showing me what happens when you open your heart. So I, I've had this crazy dichotomy of experience of dark and light, dark and light. And, um, so I'm not, I'm not getting too attached to these stages of, of the awakening because I know that they're, they don't necessarily happen in a linear way, but I do believe that I purge a lot of stuff. I think I'm still in between kind of the dark night of the soul and what is the next stage is called the void where you're basically letting, you've let go of all your, your stuff. And now you don't, you're just kind of this void. You, you, you haven't integrated unity consciousness yet. And, um, and that's where I feel like I'm at. So I'm just feeling really raw. I'm feeling really like I have a lot of capacity today. Like I just feel like I don't feel nervous. I don't feel anxious. I don't feel anything. I'm just like here. I'm a presence and I'm just here with you guys. And um, so that feels good because I've been gripping man. My, I'm, I've been white knuckling life for the last two and a half months. And it's been really, really not pleasant. Um, so anyways, I, that's why I painted this bad boy here for people that are listening on the podcast. I did a painting for uh, the word surrender and I've, I've put it above my altar and just really focusing on letting go right now. And um, so anyways, I just felt the need to share that because um, when just when you think that you have it all figured out, life is like, <laughs> no way. You don't even know a thing, brother. You don't even know a thing. And the more you think, you know, the less, you know, and the more the universe is going to trip you up to teach you how to be, how to be humble. And, um, I've been humbled by my suffering and I've, I've watched my ego die and I've grieved hardcore in the last few months. And I just feel like I'm just, I'm preparing. I know I'm preparing myself for what's to come. A lot of beautiful things are to come within this brotherhood and within my other ventures. And the universe is like, you need to be prepared for this stuff because it's going to get heavy and it's going to get beautiful as well. But there's going to be some stuff I'm going to have to navigate and I'm going to need to be really grounded. So I'm really focusing on just being like a tree, you know, rooting deep into the earth and just being present with myself first and foremost. And then obviously with others as, as I navigate um, that. So yeah, I think I feel complete in sharing that. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Holy talk about shift, Batman. <laughs> yeah, it was a big weekend. It was a big weekend. <laughs> Damn. It's it's interesting when you brought up the, the shaking and the twitching because um, I've had a similar experience, but I've triggered it differently. Um, I have, I did something called the fear challenge uh, a while back and I, I still have it if people want to go through it, but it, it basically is working a lot of like the somatic experiencing angle of things where it's like things get stuck in our body and stored in our body. And yes. that, you know, one of the reasons why after we cry so hard, we feel so good is because during that crying, you're usually shaking. There's usually a shaking happening. And so um, in the challenge, it's kind of walked everybody through, you know, triggering that shaking and that our intellectual mind doesn't need to understand why we're shaking like we don't need to get where is this coming from why is it happening you just need to get your body into that space and that energy so that mm -hmm. your body can do what it just needs to do and release that energy um, and it comes from the work of Dr. Peter Levine who observed animals 
in nature and how they overcame trauma. And they, they have this video where there's um, a polar bear that they tranquilize because they're going to take it and follow it and make, you know, all that kind of stuff. But after the tranquilization, that's a traumatic experience for, for it to go through. And afterwards, there's, um, it kind of does a bit of a wake up and it has a big in like breath in and like a big poof out. And then it just shakes like crazy. Mm. And then it does that again. And then it just gets up and walks away as if nothing ever happened because it <laughs> let it, it lets its body go through the energy of like shaking off the trauma and the freak out. And then just yeah. be like, Oh, okay, cool. Like walk away. And so for myself, I have this trigger around heights specifically like the CN tower and like, you know, this irrational fear of falling off of it, but that it's my brain trying to trigger me into that experience of shaking and fear and trauma so that mm. my body can process whatever it needs to process to get out all that excess energy to feel good. But it is so tiring. I remember doing it for the first time. I watched this video of like on YouTube, that's like 10 minutes long of just people on the sides of buildings doing stupid shit. And I was like hyperventilating. I was my hands, my whole body was shaking. I was like ugly crying. Like I was hyperventilating and my whole body was just going through it. But then afterwards I made myself go through it. And then afterwards I took in that deep breath and I just kind of let myself lay in bed and just like, like lay into it. And then I was just like, holy crap. And I felt like a million dollars afterwards. And then I continuously kept doing it for like a week or two to like, just continuously purge whatever energy, whatever stuff was stuck. And after I did that, that's when I started getting on video more. That's when I started making YouTube videos. That's when I started really becoming active in creating, you know, my, my work and my space. And it was like something in me had like clicked and shifted. And I don't know what it was, but I know that it has to do with the energy of shifting and shaking and like letting that energy out. So I, as soon as you said that, Matt, my, my interest went ping and I was like, yep, there's definitely something to the whole, you know, shaking and just letting your body process the heavy shit we go through. Yeah. I just want to touch on one quick thing. And, and I, the gift that I was given during this ceremony, <clears throat> the biggest one, like there were so many of them, but was each emotion has a sound. And we, we, we create that sound. So when we cry, we, we make a sound when we, whatever. And that, that's why it was so powerful for me to do this ceremony alone, because every time I've sat in ceremony with others, I'm afraid of making too much sounds because it's like, I don't want to disturb people. Oh my God, you guys, I was making some fucked up sounds. <laughs> like sadness mm. for me has like a frequency, a sound, grief, l laughter, joy. And like, I'm, I learned that that's my gift. So when I feel sadness, I'm going to connect to a sound. I'm not, I'm going to stop talking to myself up here. That's not helping me with my sadness. I need to literally allow my body to experience it. And my body really taught me this weekend that I need to experience my feelings through sound, whether that be humming or, or something, just allowing the vibration of the emotion to, to, to release. So yeah, definitely resonate healing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. into the sound healing. Yeah. Yeah, my, me too. <laughs> yeah, I mm -hmm. definitely feel that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and processing for me too. I've been in the practice of like, like I talk to myself, I make noises, I move, I touch myself in the areas where energy feels like it's moving or it's stuck and I breathe into it. And my saving grace as of more recently specifically has been, so in the new space I'm in, we have a meditation room. And I've taken to 
um, an hour of meditation twice a day now. Um, so once early in the day and then once at the end of the day. And one of the things that's been so remarkable about this practice is like, I'm sitting with everything that comes up and I've had some like, some like weird stuff come up. Um, some, you know, like just the feeling of like energetic visitors or um, the sensation of being, I mean, it, it's pretty wacky stuff, but like, um, there was a piece around like um, being victimized and um, and like impregnated in a previous life and aborting and like it's it's really wild stuff. But it, what's what's fascinating to me is what happens when um, when I sit with myself and I allow myself to notice like what is coming up and and without judgment ideally but even 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 um um avoiding judging the judgment you know and just just sitting with that as well and um the things that that practice has revealed to me uh, are are remarkable um and again this big piece around like learning to be with what is and allow what is as you say matt without um necessarily intellectualizing it but just like just noticing it you know and allowing it um mm -hmm. and and what's on the other side of that is um miraculous it's transformative it's um you know it's it to, you know they say in a course of miracles um uh, a miracle is like it's a shift in perception but um yeah that's I, that's really like what it what it feels like when when these experiences occur um it feels miraculous. It feels like the shift, but again, not just in perception to me, it's like a psychosomatic experience. And I love that you guys spoke about the body because that's an important piece as we're shifting that is often neglected. It's like, Oh, got the insight. I'm good now. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, there's this big piece that you're carrying around with you 24, seven, 365. And like, um real shift happens in the integration um you know the, the 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 soma you know the the body and i think that's an important piece so um that obviously that process looks different for different people but i love what you said about making sounds um because yeah that's definitely a big one um yeah 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 mm. I think our our bodies are very intelligent, and I don't I don't think we kind of remember that in our modern day world. Um, but our bodies do really have a lot of information. We just don't necessarily know how to interpret it because we're taught to interpret with our critical thinking, our logic, our minds, language. Um, but yeah, I think I think you guys all bring up a very good point about tuning in. I, I always tell myself one of my favorite things to to kind of calm myself down if I'm feeling scared or anxious is the resistance of the feeling is often worse than the feeling itself. So if I just let myself sit there and be scared and sit there and be anxious and just listen to my heart go, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> instead of judging it and saying, no, 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 this needs to go away. Or like, I don't want to feel this. Like it's the resistance that often is, is heavier than the actual feeling itself. And, you know, then, you know, we try to rationalize and say, you know, I don't want to feel this way. Why am I feeling this way? Then we try to, or at least I try to, um, remove the whatever the stimulus is so you know if reno's upsetting me like hey i gotta get rid of reno because he's upsetting me versus saying okay 
this girl is making me upset. I'm just going to sit here and let that happen in my body. Let that go through me. And actually, you know what, Callum, what you were saying, um, I think I read uh, Eckhart Tolle in A New Earth. He talked about the ducks. So the ducks, they have a conflict in the pond and they like blah, blah, blah at each other. They, whatever that is, they back at each other. And then what they do is they go off. They sh- literally shake it off like Taylor Swift, like shake it off, flop their wings. And then like, they don't, they don't hold the grudge for the rest of the year in that pond. They just like, okay, well, that's over. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a lot to say about how our bodies interact um, or sorry, how they give us a lot of information. We just aren't necessarily taught to interpret it and identify it. So I think all the stuff that you guys said here is quite helpful. Mm. I could learn some things from those fucking ducks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I would say like I yeah I hold on to I hold on to stuff sometimes probably a little longer than than I necessarily need to but yeah the practice the practice has definitely been helping and you know Matt like your image on your wall this piece around surrender um, it's been so big I don't use that word often but that's really what this whole um, shift has felt like the last I mean the last year and and couple of months have just been um this exercise in surrender and like it most days honestly I feel like I wake up and I'm like okay cool so where are we going you know like what what's on offer today right and I remember I was I was um I was sitting and I was jogging my brain at one point I was like you know what what do I what do I want to do what do I want to do what do I want to do because I was feeling improductive and just so frustrated in my improductivity and then something kicked in and it was like no you're asking the wrong question the question you should be asking is what wants to be done and that completely shifted my energy and then I was able to like connect to my my core my essence my soul my heart my body and and that intelligence and it guided me to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and um and so yeah like i i I love i love this piece around surrender um and and i think (laughs) when you're living in surrender like shift always happens (laughs) you know and it becomes like you just become accustomed to it you're like oh yeah um I remember saying to people in in regards to the pandemic, I was like, hey, guys, FYI, like, we've always been uncertain. This isn't new. Like, you had job security. You had, there were all these, like, external um, components that reinforced this sense of internal security. But the reality is, none of that was certain. You know, the lights could go out at any day. Your life could end at any moment. Like, there, change is the the constant and um as we surrender to that um it becomes home you know it becomes home it's like oh cool okay and 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 as we recognize that these shifts that happen and the surrender like uh, um you know surrender isn't like it isn't necessary or it doesn't have to be especially when you really understand it but it doesn't have to be like okay fine like fine I'll do it you know it's like it can be that way but it can also be like 
like, yes, absolutely. You know, there, there can be this energy of like welcoming surrender and shift and knowing that it's part of this intelligence that is not out to get you and fuck with your shit and destroy your life. It's out to like support you in thriving. It like, it wants us to, to thrive, you know, it mm -hmm. wants us to thrive and it's constantly harmonizing and we are part of that, you know? Mm -hmm. it's like, like, yes. And energy like, yeah. yes, there's a pandemic and how am I going to show up for it? Yes. Yeah. There's a conflict with, with someone, how am I going to respond to it? Not, not necessarily react. So I love that um, kind of going with the flow. And I think there's a, an element of faith because I, I can draw a line in my life where that stuff would happen to me and I would be victimized. Like, how dare the world do this to me? How dare you do this to me? Poor old me versus now as I've gotten older and as I've progressed in my spiritual journey, that element of faith kicks in when something isn't going my way. I'm like, okay, there's too much ego going on. And I may just need to trust that there, this is going my way. I just, it's maybe not on my timeline or not in the way I wanted it to be. So I think faith and surrender for me go hand in hand. Yeah. And I love what you said, Reno, like change is in my world, change is the only thing that's inevitable. Change is the only thing that you can count on that you can like depend on to come for you time and time again. And the only thing that is real and constant in the world. And so I had to learn how to get comfortable with shift happening. And just, I think when I went through my parents' divorce, when I was really young, I, you know, I wanted stability. All children crave that kind of stability. And when it threw my world into a loop, I, after that, I just constantly held on to such things because I was like, no, I want things to stay the same. And I was like almost becoming a bit of like a young hoarder of like, I don't want things to change. So I was holding on to things so tightly because it was so scary when I went through it before. And as I got older, I was like, no, you know what? The only truth to the world is that shift is going to happen and things change all the time. So I had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and just going through the process of like the same as Michael saying, like having faith that if this shift is happening for me, that's the key point. It's happening for me. It's not happening to me. I'm not a victim. I'm an active player in this game. And the universe is guiding me to go in a direction maybe I didn't understand or I didn't see but it's going to end up so much better because, it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. When we look back, we go, oh, I get it now. But like, you can't see it when you're in the stuff. So it's just like learning how to get comfortable with it. And, and surrender can look so different to so many people. For me, um, you know, I just started doing therapy, not because I thought, oh, I need a therapist. Like I'm having problems. Not that that's the only reason people go, but because I was like, I need a safe space to go through this surrender to just you know, kind of put things out there to somebody who knows how to take somebody through this, to guide somebody through this, to kind of navigate some of this stuff that I can't see for myself. Because we can only see so much of our own stuff until somebody else needs to reflect it back to us. Um, and so for me, that's how my surrender looks like currently is like going to therapy once a week and just having my sessions with my person and being like, you know, nothing hugely revolutionary is happening but I'm undis I'm discovering things about myself and shifts are happening and it doesn't need to shift doesn't need to be this big grandiose thing that like throws you off you know center it can be these little incremental pieces that it's like oh here's another thing to add to it but that change is always going to happen so you can either embrace it or fight against it but I'm telling you it's easier to swim with the river than to try and swim upstream <laughs> yeah and it's so it's it's interesting because uh, 
God, like surrender has been the hardest thing in life for me. Like I also had a same similar upbringing in Callan where my parents divorced when I was younger. I started living out of a suitcase and moving back and forth between homes at the age of nine. And I did that till I was 18. So that's like basically my whole development. I was, I didn't have any stability. So you wonder why I'm a control freak. Jesus, like didn't give me, give me a chance. Right. And um, so the ego has completely a different experience of surrender than the heart does. And that's what I'm learning is how to get into the body because my mind doesn't want to surrender. And the mind, it's not the mind's job to surrender, really. It's not the ego's job to surrender. It's our job to pull our attention away from the things that aren't allowing us to surrender and moving into the things that are. And what's allowed me to do that, and by no means am I an expert at this, but I'm learning how to be, um, is to prime the ego we need to have the conversations with the ego. We need to approach the ego with love and compassion. And off, often we're like hitting up the ego being like, you know, fuck you, get out of my experience. You're ruining my shit. Right. But we need to like approach it with love and compassion and say, okay, we're going to start our surrender journey this month. And, you know, I need you to know that you're going to be okay. We're doing this for a reason. Give your ego the reasons why you're surrendering. Don't just look at surrender as this like horrible experience. That's going to turn you into a passive person where the universe is just going to throw you around you know, you got to look at it as I'm, we're making this choice. I'm choosing to surrender. That's how we empower ourselves in the surrender journey. And anyway, so the priming of the ego has been really important for me. And I've actually developed a really beautiful relationship with my ego and my inner child through this work. Cause it's allowed me to, um, because I can't, I couldn't surrender until I healed and or reassured my inner child that all is going to be good. You know what I mean? Like, and when I was in my ego and too rooted in my ego, I was approaching my inner child like a hot mess. Your inner child is not going to trust you to come along the surrender journey if you're approaching it all, all hot and messy. You know, so you need to root down, get rooted, get grounded in yourself and start reassuring these 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 um, sub personalities of who you are and let them know that it's all good. Right. Everything is OK. And so what I did was I wrote down a bunch of these really affirming statements and I use them daily. The first thing I do every morning now, I've completely overhauled my, my meditation practice. And I, the first thing I do every morning is I sit and I have a conversation with these inner entities of who I am. My ego gets a conversation, my inner child gets a conversation, and I get a conversation from my higher self, right? And I really root into this and it's it's been helping a lot. So I just wanted to share a few of those tips that have been working for me. this has been a beautiful conversation <laughs> yeah yeah i i want to share um and i'm not even really sure why but it feels alive um like this last year it <laughs> it's been crazy it's been absolutely crazy i'm like in some ways I want to say, I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, and that's like a beautiful thing, but I, I, I really feel myself becoming this person who it's like, who I've been all along. Um, but, but maybe um, there's been like a disconnection from that. There's some sort of like interference in that um, manifesting and it's like purest form, you know? Um, and as I say that, I'm also aware of this idea that I have. So I paint this picture of like um, the same light shines through all prisms and each of us are like a prism. And so 
that same light, that same um, life force, um, that same God force, it shines through each of us. Um, and some of us have like, our prisms are like maybe a bit dusty and life sort of helps us like buffer that so that the light can shine through purely and brightly and brilliantly. And so um, it particularly this, you know, this last year, that process has been very alive. And some of the shifts that have happened in my life are like my relationship to relationships. You know, I have, um, I like, I have made space for all the love to come in and to pour out. Like I have lovers now. I don't have a lover, I have lovers. And these relationships are like juicy and rich and they're growing me. And um, I'm starting to see and move beyond like some of these insecurities I formerly had. Like we have a gift economy around food in the house that I moved into. So like once a week, one night a week, um, we each make a meal and it's like um, we come together and we sit at the table and we eat together. And um, the person who made the meal does not have to clean up the dishes after the meal, which is so cool. Um, you know, you bring food into the house, it's everyone's, it's a free for all. If there's something you specifically want for yourself, um, you just mark it as such, right? But ultimately everything in this space is shared and it's gifted. Um, you know, we work together, we play together, we meditate together in our, in our meditate. So this is, these are things that my soul has longed for, for a long time. And yet I've also been in resistance to, and, um, and a lot of that has had to do with insecurity, you know, this resistance to, um, um, surrendering to, what wants to happen out of fear, like, for example, with the food thing, it's like, oh, this feels really edgy, because, well, how do we keep track of what's coming in and what's going out and who's, you know, who's maintaining balance and who's not and, you know, that sort of thing. And as I'm experiencing this, I'm seeing very clearly, like, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's another way of being in the world, where, like, you don't have to worry about that stuff. There's just abundance here. There's just always abundance. There's no, there's no issue. Um, relationally, same thing. Yeah, you know, same thing relationally. It's like um, there's just an abundance of love to, to be given and to be received. And I can be in story about like who gets that and who doesn't and why and how it's supposed to look and all of that's great. Um, but but I'm, I'm just discovering new ways to like move through life with this um, remarkable openness and surrender. And my whole world and my whole being and my whole identity are just like completely, completely shifting. Um, you know, the person you guys see a year from now may be like completely different, you know, um, but also like more myself, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll, 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 I'll cease my tangent at this point, but as we were closing out, there's actually something that I wanted to read. So I'm, I'm going to like be quiet now um, <laughs> and, and create space for y'all to share. I'm also acknowledging that like, I'm really excited to, to be verbally engaging in this podcast episode because it's my last and um, I, I often have a lot to say, but um, yeah, the, the, the floor is yours and I'd like to close before we do um, 
with a with a reading that means a lot to me and may mean a lot to all of you yeah well i guess if we're coming to the very close and reno you're going to end things off with your with your reading i'll do the traditional you know if you love this podcast please subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this give it a thumbs up um, give it a thumbs up on YouTube, give us a subscribe on YouTube, um, give us five-star rating if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes. Um, lots of people have been loving it so far. It's on Spotify, it's Erware. Join the Gay Men's Brotherhood if you're not already a member. There's links in the show notes. You can get our updates if you join our mailing list and uh, all that good stuff. And Reno, I just want to say I love you and you know, I'm excited for the rest of your journey mm. to watch. Mm. Yeah. I love you guys too so much. Yeah. Yeah. This has been all the fun, all the fun. Yeah. Um, so there's this book and it's actually, it's called Belonging. And uh, the author's name is um, Tokopa Turner. And so, yeah, the book is called Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home. And there's this incredible um, writing as you open the book that I would love to read because it just touched my entire being. <laughs> um, so it says, for the rebels and the misfits, the black sheep and the outsiders, for the refugees, the orphans, the scapegoats and the weirdos, for the uprooted, the abandoned, the shunned and invisible ones. May you recognize with increasing vividness that you know what you know. May you give up your allegiances to self-doubt, meekness and hesitation. May you be willing to be unlikable and in the process be utterly loved. May you be impervious to the wrongful projections of others and may you deliver your disagreements with precision and grace. May you see with the consummate clarity of nature moving through you that your voice is not only necessary but desperately needed to sing us out of this muddle. May you feel shored up, supported, entwined and reassured as you offer yourself and your gifts to the world. May you know for certain that even as you stand by yourself, you are not alone. Mm. Mm. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that, Reno. I love you guys. Love, love you, you too, too. Reno. <laughs> See you All soon. right. Bye. <laughs>